Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with the regular guest, Rich Klein. We're going to have a, a conversation about uh, the next shows we're going to. And Rich is trying to make his upcoming show happen as well as happen in a safe way. And, and we're going to just bat around some of the uh, adaptations that would make sense. And as, as always, you know, thanks to the sponsors, but thanks also to you listeners out there. Many of the things that we talk about are in response to questions and comments that, that, that we get directly. I get some and Rich gets some. And so we put it all together and try to be helpful for uh, 15 minutes today about uh, show promoters. But thanks, Top Spinini Upper Deck. Thanks, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Hugs and Scott Auctions, and of course, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, and ComC.com. So Rich, welcome to the show. Uh, the news that generated this show is that you told me that uh, you're the, the, the synagogue where you have your show, which is a, a wonderful benefit uh, event that's twice a year, that they're, they really want to make sure they're doing the right thing and holding the show. And in the same breath, you told me that Kyle Robertson was reinstating or starting up his, his uh, card show with a, with a three-day event uh, very close to where you are up in Plano for in about uh, two and a half weeks. Right. Kyle show is actually technically Allen and it's within walking distance of the ComC office. So I, you know, for me, it's put on a mask and walk up the street for about 50 feet and or hundred feet and I'll be there. So, and I talked to Kyle last night and we batted about, and he's thinking about it too, things you have to do to run, run a show during this period that you never had to deal with before. Some of which are pretty easy to deal with. Like we, you know, depending on local ordinances, do you have to have a mask or strongly prefer and recommend everybody wear a mask? And can the dealers not refuse service to somebody if they're not wearing a mask? And how about handling the cards? Some, you know, if you're buying wax boxes, that's easy. You either buy a box or you don't. But if you're digging through quarter boxes, somebody else may have just dug through the quarter box, you know, 20 minutes before you did. And so are you going to wear gloves while you're there? I mean, there's a lot of things that you never thought about before. Yeah, I really. Now, here's what I thought about. I thought if I can get to the dollar box first, then I will be precluding anybody from getting in there. So I can have my way with it and no one no one else will go in there. So uh, or I'll go around and touch every box that I'm interested in. And, and then people say, oh, but let's take. Now, I really don't think the touch is it's it's the expelling of the droplets or whatever. And so wow. I probably will wear a mask. And uh, and I will not be sneezing or I won't be coughing and I'll try not to be laughing. Uh, I'll try to just hold it in and enjoy the show. And, and uh, but there were some unique things that you brought up for your show being in a in a place that's also used as a, as a synagogue uh, and not in a convention center that you have uh, a number of things that are different about you, sh about your show, which give it its charm. So one of the things is you have a prize table and I think it's really cool but you're clearly going to have to adapt that. Right. So what are you thinking? I have some ideas, but what, what are you thinking? Because well, my first thought was we can put items out with either with prizes or let people just make offers. And I mean, I haven't been really soliciting prizes. I may clean up some stuff from home and just say, okay, whatever. And there's a, one of my friends and he's suffering a little bit from ill health, but I'm hopeful by September he's back in gear. And I would just tell him, do whatever you want. You know, at the end of the day, just pay us some money and, You'll keep, you know, you'll keep some for yourself as your pay, or you'll keep a couple items and go from there. But we can't really have people digging through boxes the way we did, or people congregating. So we'll either not have prizes, or we'll have to make it like a like a like a normal table to some extent. Well, I mean, if it, uh, I had a couple thoughts. One is that it was if it was a specific prize, instead of choosing and digging for your prize, you get prize number thirty-seven, and that's on a table, and there's a thirty-seven there, and you get the bag. 
that says 37 and you just see what it is. I mean, and, and the Island of Misfit Toys, which is so much fun for a lot of people to dig through. And I have a recollection of some of that stuff on in my own right. Uh, that probably needs to be put on hold. I mean, that's the place where people are really doing it. But if you have a prize table and uh, they can just, or maybe the prizes are in bags and they just, they, they win a bag. And once they pick up the bag, they can't look inside and then switch it for another one. And the other thing I was thinking of doing for this show, and hopefully it's a one-time only thing, is ditching prizes, basically, but giving everybody just more cards. We have two million. Have so many cards. You have so we have two million. Many. Rich, let me know if you need some more. Uh, Jim will never refuse a donation. I don't think you need more at this time. At but, this time, uh, we don't but that would be a good idea to do, to dish out more cards that uh, that they would that they would win. But I thought about if you had some better prizes. And you had like uh, like in the old days, you know, we, we both of us remember the days of instant auctions and walk in kind of auctions at, at the early card shows. Somebody walked in with something, but you're already there and you have some nicer prizes that you actually could sell that have well, a, an established value. And you could have a, a buy it now price or a reserve price. You get a silent auction. Uh, what are you thinking? And again, I guess you need the permission of your donors. But if Panini, who's been nice in the past, gives you a nice box, do they are they OK with you selling it? Under those circumstances, probably, but we, it would. One of the issues, and I don't want to dig too deep into the weeds on this, is there's a Texas state law prohibiting nonprofits from doing more than two raffles a year. When I was doing ten door prizes a show, I was technically breaking a Texas law each time. So I can only, you know, you would think, well, an event would cover all ten, but it's you have to be very careful. So you really can only do two, you know, two raffles, two door prizes. Well, that's a strict interpretation. It may be a correct interpretation, but, you know, since I don't have a law degree, I can give legal advice and not be disbarred. But, you know, they've got bigger fish to fry. I mean, I think that this is, you already have some history of doing this and it's for a good cause. I mean, I just. That is what I was asking. On the other hand, your 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 synagogue leadership is probably needs to make that call. But I don't know. Yeah. They asked, you know, I was informed a few years ago, which is why we switched to the prize system we have now. I was informed a few years ago that we want to switch to the really strict interpretation because we're also trying to build a new building right now. So we don't want to we don't want to have in the vernacular, the political vernacular, an unforced error. We'd rather. I, I think that's good. And, and Kyle's not worried about that because he's just having a regular show where all the dealers are doing that stuff, although he sometimes has some stuff out in the foyer or in the ante room. Uh, I don't know how he would handle that but clearly your price table is is one of the draws i'd hate to see it go away completely but maybe there's some way to structure when they when they again you're doing you're there's a paid admission and they already get a consideration for that and then the extra stuff is a bonus right. again like, which is uh, how we were able to do that because one of our members remembered one of one of our mutual friend wayne groves old friend named myron we yeah. used to do that at the big shows in the 90s down here locally, and his big prize would be a nice TV. And I tell the story that he once told me that, well, at the end of one really successful show for some dealer, the guy went up to him, asked him how many bags he had left. He said about 175. The guy, and he says, good, I'll take all 175. Yeah, that, well, I mean, the, but if you had your nicer prizes for sale, the other possibility there, Rich, again, giving legal advice, is that uh, it's uh, it, it almost could be a charitable donation. And the charitable donation is supposed to be the value that's in excess, uh, the, the, the amount that's in excess of the, but some people have a very liberal interpretation of that and that's not. So if you did sell something, they could say, well, I'm 
you know, maybe making the check out to the to the synagogue or something. Well, we do have a pay. I set up. I actually set up a PayPal account for the Brotherhood many years ago. Okay. So we can end up, and that's a nonprofit. So I mean, it's a you, you. It shows that it's an. It shows that it's a nonprofit organization. That's really easy to do. Yeah, and, I mean, I've, I've often said that the opinions on this show are not the opinions of the uh, sponsors, but they're also sometimes not my opinions either, or Rich's opinions. So you need your own opinion about some of these um, tax treatments and things like that. I mean, if you want to make a donation, you can make a donation. If you get something for the donation, uh, be prepared to uh, uh, defend yourself. What about a hand sanitizer? Well, we would have that at the front. We'd obviously have a bottle at the front desk. You well, know, so every- one, one entrance and one exit. That seems like overkill for me, but have you heard that? One way in, one way out? The, way, the, the only reason I would suggest that is that if we have to have a person limit, having one entrance and one exit guarantees you can monitor the amount of people coming in and out. I know a couple of my vendors smoke, so they'd be leaving the room. You don't want to prevent them from returning to the room either. So you give them name tags. And then so people know that they're there and you can still then count the people walking in. It's just the idea is you want to control. But obviously, if something came up, you know, if the dealers load in through a different door. And if something came up and you absolutely had to get out and not come back. But this is a way to help just keep an a accurate person count. OK. And uh, the other thing that we talked about was that you provide very economical, excellent food there. But that actually may be uh, a potential problem as well. I mean, a bag of potato chips is a bag of potato chips. A soft drink in a can is a soft drink in a can, but a hot dog, I mean, to me, this is your opportunity to go kosher rich, you know, in some way that it's wrapped up and it's kosher and it's an all beef hot dog. And, and, um, you know, it's, I mean, that, that, to me, that's the thing, but I just think if you have a hot dog sitting there and people don't know where it came from, good luck. I will, I will tell you, we use kosher hot dogs. We buy Hebrew national hot dogs, usually right. at Costco and, you know, they're, and they're made, you know, they're made the day of the event. We usually buy it the day before. Okay. And, you know, and, you know, you probably can't cook a hot dog necessarily individually, so to speak, if you if you just put them in the pot. Right. But you know, it can be done reasonably, you know, sanitary, just like in a just like in a restaurant. You make sure the person's wearing gloves and a mask, and you put it out. You give it an individual container, and you've got it on a plate, and there it is. So it's not the worst thing in the world. And you know, we've always been we've gotten mellower over the years about what dealers can bring in. We just ask that they not bring in non-kosher food. But for example, if a vendor wants to bring a roast beef and cheese sandwich in, and again, I don't want to go into the weeds, but one of the Jewish dietary laws is you're not supposed to mix milk and uh, meat products, but we're okay with you that we, we're saying roast beef and cheese, bring it in ham and cheese, not so much. Or bacon, I got you, okay. Yeah, so, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't want to get uh, off on that. We don't want to go in the weeds, but you know, we've actually made a lot of adjustments for our dealers accordingly on that to make it easier for them to bring in food for themselves. Okay, so we're almost out of time. What what would be, when you walk up to the show and you look inside, is there, let's say it's Kyle's show first and, and then for your show, the where they, well, actually your show, they can't really see the room. They can only go to the front desk and you got to go down the hall. But in Kyle's case, the people are going to walk up to the front desk and, and, and to presumably pay their money. What do you think they would see that would either be pleasing to them or frustrating to them? If it's really crowded, Again, until now, if a show is crowded, you think, wow, it's going to be great. But do you have any trepidation for yourself or any of your friends for going in a couple of weeks when he has that show? And when you walk in or toward the front door there, is there anything that you think is going to give you trepidation? Uh, personally, as long as I'm wearing my mask and I'm careful, no. But other people, yes. And so you have to, you know, everybody has to make individual decisions on this. And I mean, if the room is packed, people person the person you probably will say i really don't want to go in there you know when you hear about some of what's going on but if the room looks reasonably i don't want to say 
I don't want to say reasonably crowded or reasonably empty, but if it just looks like a normal everyday show, you'll probably say, that's fine. There's enough room in there. I can, I can walk around and avoid the crowd while I'm in there and go to where I need to go. Okay. Last question. Are you going to be ticked off if you get there at 10, 15 and it, show, it started at 10 and, the, and it's uh, sold out or it's, you know, not standing room only, but they're all, everybody that you had to be in a, you'll have to be in a waiting list. Would that be, would you go home or would you say, well, what if you had to wait an hour to get in a show? We're having such pent up demand right now for shows. I think you'd be surprised by how many people would wait. I think it'd be shocking how many people would wait to get in. You think he'd kick out the people that got there early that, that refused to leave? I, I think he'd probably ask people, you know, make your purchases as quickly as possible. So we have, you know, we have 50 people waiting, you know, we're, you know, you can't really kick out somebody, but you want to just make sure that, Hey, you know, just remember there's a big crowd. So if you really are just here just to walk around, please do it as quickly as possible. And then, you know, you know, let the next person in, you know, I, we won't know until the day of the event. So, well, yeah, I think that's a good note to end on. We're, we're out of time, but I mean, basically we are as a former promoter in my case and a current promoter and a show attendees, it's the wonderful problem to have that you're worried that you're going to have too big of a crowd. So Kyle, I hope you have too big of a crowd and you other promoters and collectors that are, and dealers that are out there. I hope these, uh, this next wave of shows is, is really exciting, but safe. So thanks everybody. Thanks, Rich. Be back tomorrow with uh, another episode. The man in my